podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Listeners and welcome to AI Extra. I'm your host Guy Drinkle, and on this show we're going to be introducing some new signings to the AI podcast family. So, shall we crack on? Um, we've got Mark Roberts. How you doing, Mark? Hi, are you alright? I'm, I'm good. good thank you. I'm good. Thank you. We also have Hakeem Henry. How, Henry, how are you doing, Hakeem? Good morning. How's it going, guys? Good stuff. Good stuff. And. We also have Gavin Jones. How are you doing, Gavin? I'm fine, thanks, Guy. Thanks for having us on. Good stuff, good stuff. Right, so what I'm going to do on this bit is I'm just going to allow you to introduce yourself into the uh, listener base and stuff like that. So, Mark, why don't we start with you? I mean, how how did you start to support Liverpool and stuff like that? Uh, I'm really, really awkward because all my family are Man United fans and me being the black sheep of the family, just... Wanted to be awkward, biggest rivals, so started supporting Liverpool. Good stuff. Earliest real, real memory is probably the 92 Cup final. I remember the odd game here and there before then, but fully remember sat at my mate's house watching us win the Cup final in the 92 against Sunderland. Oh, aye. Oh, aye. Good days. Good days. Good days. How was it that game? (laughs) <laughs> but uh, I mean who, who's your favourite player then Mark I mean not just in the current squad, so I mean start, starting that way it was sort of coming to the end of Rush and Barnes so mm. obviously watching the videos back so probably from when I started watching remember it it's got to be Fowler Fowler was he was genius absolute genius watching him from a kid come into the first team and just hit the ground running scoring goals straight away cop idol proper Liverpool lad was, yeah, definitely foul from when I started watching. Good shout, good shout. I mean, you can't, you can't complain about God now, can you? <laughs> absolutely not, no. Uh, Legend. Absolutely. So, Hakeem, just same with you, really. How did you start to become a Liverpool fan? Uh, it's kind of a similar story. Um, so, I grew up in, in Jamaica. Quite a bit of my family members were Man U fans or Arsenal fans, and I guess... I just had to choose a team, and I chose Liverpool. Um, I'd say my earliest memory would be the Champions League final in 05. Hmm. Yeah. And from then, Gerard was my favourite player. Oh, God, yeah, absolutely. Anyone who's uh, about early 2000, it has to be Gerard, doesn't it? Um, but Gavin, coming to you, I mean, your story into, the, into becoming an LFC fan. Thanks, Guy. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm really lucky. My, my dad had uh, season tickets from before I was born. So um, we have three season tickets in the main stand. And um, My dad uh, took me to my first game. Apparently, he tells me, I don't know how true this is, but he tells me that it was the game when we beat Spurs 7-0, uh, which is quite a famous game. And I was two and a half when he took me. I was I fell asleep. And I uh, every time the, we scored, the uh, the crowd woke me up and I got quite 
annoyed apparently I was crying but um <laughs> but from then I I got a regular season ticket next to my dad for from eight and I've been sat in the same seat ever since in the main stand until two seasons ago when they moved us um closer to Jurgen Klopp which is pretty cool so um yeah I've just uh it's just in my blood um I don't know anything different really I mean, getting close at Jurgen Klopp's never, ba- never a bad thing, is it? Let's be honest. <laughs> I'm not at all. He's, he's entertained on his own, isn't he? Absolutely. So uh, if the, if yeah, the game's good. shit, you can just watch him, can't you? <laughs> well, yeah, well, if the game's shit, then he's definitely going to be doing something. So it's uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it's cool sitting where we sit now. It's uh, it's a different perspective as well. We used to be a lot higher up. Now we're sort of at head height levels, so hmm. you kind of even you don't see the game as well, but you see different things that you saw when you were further back. So. Is kind of cool, but our uh, favourite player. Um, when I was a kid, I, I, I mean, I, I actually was at the centre of ex- excellence up until the age of fourteen. So I was at Liverpool. Robbie Fowler was in my team, but I was a midfielder. My my uh, idol at the time was Jan Molby. Um, he was just such a talented player. Uh, he could do anything: left foot, right foot, shoot, uh, take penalties, take free kicks. He was incredible. So that was um, that was my hero when I was younger. No, it's a more of a niche shout that I like it. I like it. Um, yeah, I'm similar to Hakeem, if anyone's interested. I mean, Steven Gerrard for me just, uh, you grew up who you, as my hero and he still is. Although, when I was in primary school, I played goalkeeper and Jersey Dude was probably my world. <laughs> um, but yeah. How oh, they're playing now, aren't they? Rangers, how, do you know how they're getting on? Uh, I haven't looked actually. I'll have a look, oh, I'll have a look whilst we're on the next bit and then we'll. Yeah, no worries. In nice news updates. I believe they won. They won their um their first preseason game, like seven 0 right? Yeah, I mean he's doing well. He's, well, he's doing well in preseason up there. But I'll have a look at the uh, the actual score. But uh, we're not we're not here to talk about Rangers. Um, we're here to talk about Liverpool, and it is a it is a weird situation with Liverpool at the minute. There's there's deals that are off and on and and stuff like that. And um, we're just going to try and go through some of them. So I think we're going to have to start aren't we, with the big one at the minute. Um, Mark, I'll start with you. Um, Loris Karius. Uh, we signed him from Mainz for like four million a couple of years ago. And he's done well in parts. He's done horrendous in parts. We've had the concussion. I don't want to say fiasco because it kind of takes away the seriousness of it. But we've had the concussion in the Champions League game. And now we've got this situation in pre-season, haven't we? So what are your thoughts on Carrius as a whole? And what, what do you think we need to do in the future with him? I think he needs to be upgraded. I think the Champions League mistake was horrific. We, we all know that. And it was only a, a pre-season friendly, which is a, a glorified training session, really, isn't it? But the mm. spotlight is just on him too much. It's it's too much pressure, I think, for him. Klopp's putting a lot of pressure on his own shoulders by showing faith in him. And a key aspect of that is how comfortable Van Dijk and Lovren, Matip, whoever else is partnering in centre-back has confidence in him. And to me, I just don't think that they can at the moment. I think he needs to be took out of the spotlight, whether it's he stays and he's number two, whether he gets a loan. But I, th- I think he has to be upgraded. Why spend 75 million getting a top-draw centre-off and not have a top-draw keeper behind him? No, certainly interesting. I mean, I'm sure many people share your views. But Hakeem, what's, what's your... It's hard. 
Yeah, I think the, the, the main two we've sort of been linked with that I'm optimistic about would be Oblak or Allison. Mm-hmm. I, I don't really see the point in replacing him for a Butland type keeper that's, mm-hmm. to me, not any better than him. You've got to replace with better. And if that means spending some of the money that have been put aside for a forward and you give faith in Wilson and Ojo and Brewster, certainly until January at least, then so be it. But we need to start the season with a, a keeper we, we we have faith in, the defence have faith in, because otherwise the fans, our fans are questioning him. So away fans are just going to be torturing him behind the goal and it's whether he can cope with that. And the evidence of the pre-season friendly is that he can't. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it, it's certainly a tough situation for everyone, isn't it? But Hakeem, I'll come to you. Um, what, what are your thoughts on Karras? I mean, what, what do you think of Mark's just said there? I mean, I, I fully agree that, well, Butland would just be a waste of money, really. But what are your thoughts on the goalkeeper situation? Well, prior to the Champions League final, I had faith in him. I mean, he didn't have the best starts to his Liverpool career, having broken his hand by punching Begsy, of course. Um <laughs> <laughs> but he he did he did really well to come back um once he was given the fir- the first team spot in January and if we had won the Champions League final or if he didn't make those mistakes I would have thought we sell Mignolet and get an older goalkeeper just as a backup similar to like what we did with Manninger but it's not as old of course but considering the current situation I think I think he's better off going on loan or being sold, to be honest. Mm-hmm. And it's it's kind of heartbreaking because you can genuinely see what he brings to the team. But considering considering the vociferous and toxic environment that the fans are going to create against him, I don't think he can come back from it at all, especially can considering what happened in, in that preseason game. He was trying to do much more than he needed to. All he had to do was punch that ball away, but he was trying to catch it to prove to everyone that, hey, still a good goalkeeper. So I guess he just needs to be upgraded now. Yeah, I mean, Gavin, what, what are your thoughts on that? Do you think he's he's kind of like damaged goods at this point and it's all about trying to fix him rather than fit him into the team, kind of? I think I think I actually largely agree with both lads. I mean, and especially Hakeem. What Hakeem's just said is just spoken complete sense. Everything he said is spot on. Um, the only th- I mean, it's difficult for me to, having spoken third, to come out up with anything <laughs> new. The only thing that I can maybe do and just interject, and I'm not saying this is my view, but how do we over do we overestimate or do we over um, over egg the importance of having a world-class goalkeeper that's the only thing Mm. that i think we have to look at because um you know if you look at teams past people there's people out there don't rate schmeichel unless they won the league um you know it seems to be a a very english thing that you need a top class keeper if you look back at 85 86 when we won the double bruce gobbard was appalling in some games he lost games for us but we still won the double because we had a good enough team in front of him. So I'd like to have a, perhaps have a debate on whether it is completely necessary to have a world-class goalkeeper. Of course it helps, but do we need a world-class goalkeeper or can we just have someone who's a safe pair of hands and let the rest of the team do the business? 
I, I, I don't know, to be honest with you, is the honest answer. But I do think it's a little bit overblown. I don't think we desperately need an O'Black or an Allison, although I've got my doubts about Allison. Mm. I, I just think we need someone who's solid. Uh, I don't think Carriers can be that at the moment In if we're sat here now. I don't think he can be that because of the mental problems that he's clearly going through. You only have to look at his face after that mistake the other day. It was written all over his face, the crowd reaction, like Hakeem said. So, I don't know. I think there's a debate on whether we really need a top-class keeper. Obviously, it would help, but are we better spending money elsewhere? Well, Mark, I'll come to you. Do you want to respond to that? Because you said there's no point spending on a... Well, Butland's not exactly solid, is he? Um, but you said no point spending on a Butland-type goalkeeper. But do, do you think we need to go for this world-class goalkeeper? I, I, I think Gavin's got a good point. Maybe not necessarily world-class, but just somebody more... Even Carius's class up until the Champions League final, I just think an error like that, and that much media spotlight on him, and then following up with another error in a pre-season friendly, the pressure is going to be too much on him. So even a like-for-life replacement almost, I just don't think him would instill enough confidence in the team starting the season with him in goal, with the crowd yeah. on his back, and that be the R fans and the away fans. So I, I agree with the point, you maybe not necessarily blow the budget to get a world-class keeper, but I do think we need a better keeper than Danny Ward or Simon Mignolet to start the season, which are the alternatives that are at the club. Mark, I'm a transfer whore. I want <laughs> to spend so much money and get 15,000 players in. I completely get that, but it's not going to happen. I'd love to go out and buy all black, but you know, I think sometimes you have to be realistic. There's got to be keepers out there that improves us slightly or just makes us a bit more... Steady stable and secure stable yeah. exactly I'd rather I'd, I'd love like a Nigel Martin someone like that who just does doesn't make any mistakes doesn't do anything flashy but doesn't you know saves everything you expect him to do you know what or I mean like, or like Van der Sar was when United got him it's yeah, well, Van der Sar was somebody fantastic of that level, yeah. somebody of that level that as you say not necessarily blowing the budget but just gives more confidence I think the majority of the fans now would take Almost anybody over careers after the other even Butland, I think now a portion of the fans would back him more than they will back Carriers if he's in oh, goal against West Ham. I, th- I think that'd change. <laughs> I think that'd change really quick. Um, but Hakeem, have you got anything to add? I mean, just expand on the goalkeeper situation. Yeah, well, Klopp has never put much onus on his goalkeepers because if you look at his time at Dortmund, he, in- he inherited um, Roman Weidenfeld and he never had to buy a goalkeeper. Um, hmm. The only reason that they bought Roman Berkey to the end of Klopp's career was because Weinfeller was going to retire or he was winding down. So I don't think Klopp puts too much onus on the position, but he does require a goalkeeper who is comfortable playing with his feet. Not to the extent that Man City with, with Ederson, but someone that's competent enough. So I think our fan base needs an unknown quantity that can provide that but it is a really understated personality. Someone ha- that isn't that doesn't look like a soup. Someone who just looks like a regular guy. He can pass the ball. We we don't have too many highlights of him, and that would be perfect for a fan base because otherwise, we would we would overanalyze the goalkeepers until they all want to leave the club. Hakeem, what do you make of the the news today that he's set to give? Um, Danny Ward a, a, a shot at number one does, does that fill you with confidence would you be happy with that it doesn't fill me with confidence because 
we had a whole season where you two goalkeepers that you didn't completely trust and got one game in the in the Carabao Cup. That's what it's called nowadays. He had one game in the Carabao Cup and then did nothing. He couldn't even make the bench when Minnelli was having those horrible performances and he was dropped eventually. So, yes, everyone was shouting for Ward to get the opportunity. I'm fine with him getting the opportunity, but at at this rate, we should just put John Achterberg in goal. Wow. Well, he can't break himself, can he? <laughs> <laughs> I, think the, I think the thing with Ward is, and I, I put a post on Twitter about this before, um, we don't know what Ward is. We've got no idea. We've, the only yeah. sample that we've got is when he played at Huddersfield. He's played twice in our first team. You've could, you, no one can really have an opinion on whether Danny Ward is any good or not. The only thing is, and I take what Hakim's saying, is that if he was that good, then Klopp would have played him already. Um, but when you're talking about when it was Minnie and uh, Carriers, you're talking a year ago. I, I don't know. I, Maybe I'm grasping at straws, but I think it'd be nice to see Danny Ward at least given a go if you're not going to sign someone else. Um, and maybe that's the only option we've got open to us, really. But then you've got Carriers at number two, and if anything happens to Danny Ward, you're back to square one. So maybe you need to bring in, like you said before, Guy, an older head to, you know, to, to sort of steady the ship if something does go wrong. Yeah, so, I mean, there's, obviously this is the talk of Twitter at the minute. I mean, everyone's imploding because that Alison. Stuff got um, ruled out, I think it was by the Echo who ruled it out earlier and stuff like that, and that's where the Danny Ward story stemmed from. Um, in in a previous podcast in life, I obviously did the Academy and stuff like that, and I've not been the biggest Danny Ward fan, but I mean, the, the goalkeeper situation is so buggered at the minute. I mean, he's looking probably not the best. I think Carrius is probably the most talented, but he's probably broken as we've said haven't we and Danny Ward maybe just be the one in perfect situation with Mignolet away and Carries are broken and I doubt Grabara is going to come up even though he's probably the most talented I've seen in the under 23s wise but yeah it's certainly a, a screwed up situation but no I think that's, I think that's been quite good on Carries I mean we can always come back to this on the uh, when I get to your thoughts on transfers but Kind of Guy, can I can I just ask you on yep. uh, Grabara? Yeah. Because the, the few times I've seen him, he's been fantastic. I, I must admit, I don't watch the mm. the youth teams as much as perhaps you do. I just wonder what you thought of him. Um, when well, I I, I haven't been watching it as regularly as I did like a couple of years ago, but he he's just supremely talented, and he's impressed more than Danny Ward did in the under twenty threes. If if that's the way of looking at it, but he. He's saved us absolutely batterings before, and he's saved us points. He's won us games. I mean, Man City's much famed academy is um, well, it's just full of talent. That's never going to make it a Man City with Phil Ford and Diaz all them lot. And they've beat us like seven nil in the past and stuff like that. I've seen Grabara keep them out on his own. He, he's a supreme talent, um, but I'm not sure. I'm not How sure. Old if, is he? I think he's nineteen. Right. At the minute. So, I mean, there's all this talk of, some talk of Donnarumma and stuff who's the same, but he, he looks like a generational talent, doesn't he? So it's, uh. It's I mean, I'm not about advocating him coming in now. No. But I'm just, I'm just interested to know someone who's watched him yeah. every week, yeah. uh, to know what he's like, because I've seen him and when I've seen him, he's been great. Yeah, he's definitely a talent. I mean, if anyone follows him on Twitter, he's a, you, you get that old cliche, don't you? That goalkeeper's a mental. He, yeah, he, he, he fits that one. <laughs> but, uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he goes out on loan, like similarly to what Ward. That might be the best thing for him. Yeah, yeah, but um, 
Shall we move on? I mean, Hakeem, I'll start with you. Um, I know you've, you you kind of got buy-in routes, haven't you? Some sort of way. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. so I'm gonna I'm gonna start with you because this might be perfect topic for you. Um, Zerjan Shakiri. Um, he's obviously been at Stoke for a few seasons now. He's this is probably his best season for Stoke. But um, what what are your thoughts on him? I mean, he's been at Inter, he's been at Bayern, he's been been all over the place really, hasn't he? But what are your thoughts on Shakiri potentially joining the Reds? I think it's an exciting signing actually, um, because I'm not looking at the Shakiri that we saw at Stoke or at the end of his Stoke career. Mm-hmm. You know, the team that got relegated last season because when you take stock of his career, he was an exciting young winger coming out of Basel, right? And then he went to Bayern. The the real reason why he left Bayern Munich was because the club is just insistent on trusting Frank Ribery and Arjen Robin. Even to this day, they're still the starting wingers. And he just wanted to play football. So anyone that's saying that he failed at Bayern, that definitely wasn't the case. He was just frustrated that he wasn't starting enough. And that player is what I think Klopp sees. He sees what what he saw back in the Bundesliga, where he was a flying winger. He could play left or right. You know, he was amazing shot. He can whip across him. He has really good set-piece delivery. So I'm, I'm kind of excited about it, especially considering the price tag. Uh, yeah, it's only 30 million, but I mean, do, do you see him being able to fill in for both Mane and Salah? Because that's what we were missing hugely last season, wasn't it? Yeah, so last season he played pretty much right side, and then he tucked into the number 10 position a little mm-hmm. bit. So so within the past season, he just seems like a right side, the central, central attacking midfield player. But he does have the capability of playing on the left side. And I definitely think he could fit could fit in um, to back up either Mane or, or Salah. He'll just bring that creative L out wide that we that we didn't have when when Coutinho left, and and that we saw Mane becoming toward the end of the season where he would talk into the number ten position and mm-hmm. thread passes through. I think that's the that's the quality that Shakiri would bring. No, certainly interesting, Mark. I'll come to you. Uh... What what are your thoughts on Shakiri? I mean, there's people who talking about wanting to spend big on an attacker. I know we've been linked with Hakea and stuff. I'm not I'm not suggesting Shakiri's an alternative, but do you think he's a bargain basement signing or do you think he's a smart signing? Somewhere in between the two, really. I think for thirteen odd million, I think it's a no brainer really, when you look at the back end of the season, what we had on the bench and Salah, Firmino Amane had to play pretty much every minute of every game because there was nothing in reserve at all. So in that regard, I think he's a good he's a good option. Personally, I'd be happy if he was fifth choice rather than first, fourth choice. So hopefully we do get Fakir. Fakir can start in the midfield three, but if they want to rest, he can become an option in the front three as well. But mm-hmm. in terms of squad depth, and he's a quality player, he, he would certainly bring something different to our attacking play. You'd be more comfortable him starting than what we had available last year. I think it's a no-brainer for the money involved. And, yeah, I think he can add a different dimension and a tight home game against the bottom six team that are 10 men behind the ball to throw him on. A different, a different type of attacking player to what we've got. So, I think it's a no-brainer. We should definitely sign him. No, certainly interesting. Gavin, what's your thoughts on Shakiri? I, I agree with everything that Mark's just said, actually. Um, I looked at his stats before... Um, 
<clears throat> he's kind of a one in four player, really. Um, uh, he, his, his stats for Stoke aren't that great, but the interesting one for me is that he scored 20, 21 goals in 74 games for Switzerland. Uh, and I thought that was the interesting thing. And I, we all, we all know that Klopp improves players. I'm fairly certain he'll improve. Uh, Shakiri, he's going to be 27 in October. Um, so I, like you say, it's for the money, it's a, it's a no brainer. Would you have wanted him? Desperately no, but when, when it comes up for 12, 13 million, we do need squad depth. I think the, the debate is over. Is he now going to bump, um, is he now going to bump Ojo or uh, Wilson mm-hmm. down the pecking order or possibly out on loan? I mean, I was looking before Ojo, um, he's kind of at a bit of a crossroads this season because uh, I hope I'm not encroaching on something you're going to mention later, but if he goes on loan again, what are we actually doing with him? He's already been on three loans. Yeah. Um, are we trying to actually get him through or are we just trying to <clears throat> inflate his value so that we can sell him at a profit? I'm not really sure. So Shakiri coming in makes me think that Ojo's going to go out. I mean, there's even talk of him going to Stoke on loan as part of the deal. So I think Wilson's um, been linked with that as well. Exactly. So, and we've, just, I mean, Wilson, I think possibly might be slightly different. He's just signed yet another contract, which is, it's only six months after the last one. So that makes me think that perhaps they are going to keep hold of him and, and give him a run in the first team. You know, God knows last year there was times when you, you thought Mo looks knackered or, you know, uh, Mane looks knackered. We've just got no option on the bench. Wouldn't it be lovely to go, let's have Wilson on and see what happens. You know what I mean? Just have another option. Um, and Shakiri certainly gives us that. And what, what Mark was saying about Fakir, we can get Fakir as well. Um, then you've, it, it looks exciting going forward because we we're already brilliant going forward. Um, but we just don't have the depth. If anything, really, we were very lucky at the end of last season that nothing went wrong in terms of injury. So if we've got that back up now, we're covered. And Shakiri certainly fits the bill for me. I'm, I'll, I'll be pleased with the signing. Just to cut in again, where I think we were let down a bit as well with that was even games where we were comfortable 2-3-0 up. Klopp just didn't seem comfortable to take one of the front mm. three off as often as he should have done. Right, Mark, yeah. And I know it's 15, 20 minutes here or there, but three, four games of that, it's a lot of minutes in their legs that they could save. And be it, if you have Shakiri and Wilson or Ojo on the bench, you've got the two options there. So depending on the way the game is, you could still take one of, one of the front three off in more games than we were able to last year. And I think that would save them a lot of minutes in their legs. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah, I mean, Hakeem, I mean, building on what Mark said there, I mean, we saw Woodburn be on the bench quite a lot, but I can't recall, I can't recall the game he played. <laughs> but what do you think? Do you think Shakiri can get in the way of players like Wilson, um, Ojo, probably less so Kent? Um, but do you think it's blocking them, or do you think it's time Liverpool stop thinking about youngsters and start thinking of them now? I think that's the nature of the Premier League and the fact that Liverpool has aspirations of winning winning the league or winning the Champions League. Sometimes it's hard to give youngsters the chance because they need time. And I know we are we're, um we or the fans would all think, hey, we want to get this youngster in the team, but would we afford them the time to, to develop and make those mistakes that that they would make, or do we just want a seasoned professional to take those minutes and perform at a at a, a level that's above them but with less of the inconsistency so of course it would block it would block Ojo and Wilson but with the Wilson contracts it seems that 
they want to send him on loan one more time and then have him within the squad the season after. With Ojo, I know he has one year left on his contracts. Mm-hmm. So I'd say cash in now because it's it's pointless having all three of them, Ojo, Ken, and Wills, sign new contracts, go on loan again, knowing that only one of them are going to come back and ever make the team. So, Hakeem, if you had a choice, which one of those two would you keep, Ojo or Wilson? This one's hard because I really like Ojo. He, not only does he have a goal-scoring threat, he can create too. But with Wilson, all I've seen is just the goal scoring. So he's much more of a, a Salah light, I guess. Why? Yeah. While Ojo can can be developed into more than that because he's quite two-footed as well. We've seen him um, whip some beautiful crosses in in that in Klopp's first season, and it. I think he has more to his game, but Wilson's the one that's gonna be more effective when yeah. when the team plays. I think Wilson's uh, from his loan at Hull, he had numbers, didn't he? He had goals yeah. and assists. Um, <clears throat> and Ojo hasn't got that. The only thing I will say that Ojo's come back to training looking like a, a proper man. He's yeah. developed physically, <laughs> doesn't it? Hasn't he? Mm, uh, yeah. I'm not sure about Wilson and maybe that might be a little thing that they, they're looking at. I don't, I don't know. But yeah, that's the only old comment that I'll make about the two of them, really. What about you, uh, Mark? I've seen, probably seen more of Wilson because he's Welsh, so um, me being Welsh, I've watched, watched him for Wales. So I think that Wilson's probably got the potential to make it more. But I'm just, as we said before, if you're struggling to see where either of them are going to get enough minutes, really, other than we're comfortable after 60, 70 minutes and he can come on 20 minutes to go, score one, assist one, and then next week we've got a a Brighton at home or something, and then he gets his minutes or the yeah. league cup. But again, as Henry said before, it's pointless putting him out on loan again. Where Where is it going to? What's the... Just keep pay, giving him contracts and putting him out on loan. So it's a tough one to see where they're going to get it. But my bias would be towards Wilson, I think, because I've seen more of him for Wales. Yeah. It's, a, it's an interesting one. I mean, if you think back to Klopp's first half season... Ojo was the one getting Premier League minutes, wasn't he? Um, I think Harry Wilson may have been out on loan on crew back then, but I'm not sure. But Ojo seems to have been the one who's fell down the pecking order, whether it's through injury or just lack of development or something. But it's certainly an interesting situation. But you made you made a good point, Gavin, that Ojo looks like an absolute unit now compared to the other ones. Frightening. Um, absolutely mm, frightening. I don't know yeah. what he's been doing over the summer, but he, he's basically he's, he's become... Uh, an athlete now, like mm. a, you know, and he's he's certainly going to be f- fine for the physicality of the Premier League now. Yeah. Uh, but he's at, he hasn't traditionally had the numbers on his loan. I don't actually think his loans have been that successful. Looking at them, no. he's been Wigan Wolves and Fulham, they loved them at Wolves, I think, didn't they? But then he got an injury again, and then he's been injured at Fulham. So it'll be interesting to see what happens, really. Um, it, I don't know what you guys think about this, but sometimes I watch pre-season and go. God, this this kid's looking looking amazing. He's definitely going to be in, and then like the next day he's out on loan. Um, I certainly remember Ryan Kent last yeah. year playing brilliantly against Bayern Munich. Do you remember that? Um, <clears throat> and and then all of a sudden he was out on loan. So it, 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 you don't really know what they're thinking, I guess. Mm, no, changed. and again, because as you said, you you see them on loan and you think on the preseason friendly, sorry, and you think they're making an impact here. They're doing what Klopp wants, but yeah. then. They just got sent on loan, so it, it'd be interesting to be a fly on the wall in his off, Klopp's office and see what he's looking for in pre-season from these kids, because the ones that seem to make the most impact are then the ones that are loaned out, and we don't see 
see anything of them. It's it's like he's saying to them, this is your chance to shine. They do shine, but then they get loaned out anyway. Yeah, of course. And yeah, and that's the opportunity they wanted and it's not worked for them. Here's something for her. I just wonder what you thought about this. <clears throat> obviously, you've got the two transfer windows. And obviously, we've had the World Cup, so there's there's people coming back late. Henderson's going to come back really late, Firmino, um, and those guys. So we're going to need a bigger squad. Do you think that Klopp might keep a bigger squad for the first half of the season, then perhaps loan people in January? Mark, do you want to start with that? I'll take, I'll take that. Yeah, I think I think that's a very good point. I think when you look at the players that are still involved in the World Cup, I mean, we've got Henderson and Trent Alexander-Arnold from England and Lovren from Croatia. They're not going to get back in the country until Monday. Klopp likes to give them three weeks off. That's the 6th, 7th of August. Yeah. They'll be at Melbourne for pre-season. There's no way they're going to play that first game. No. So I think that's a very good point. But the transfer window closing before the season starts as well, I think we are going to go squad heavy until January because we're going to need those players. Those first three, four games of the season, I think we're not going to see anything like the first 11 that we'll come to see October, November time. And that might make the NBA a chance for some of these squad players to, to make a name for themselves yeah. and to be kept on. Because, I mean, thankfully, we're not Tottenham there. They're going to be massively depleted the first few games of the season, the amount they've still got there. But, but we're, we're all going to be affected by it. I mean, thankfully, we're, we're only three players that are still in the tournament. But it is going to give opportunities to players that, if a transfer window was closing later or the season started later, they wouldn't get those opportunities. No, definitely. Hakeem, what's your thoughts on the uh, youngsters potentially for, or not even youngsters, I mean, if we want to develop the the uh, talking point, I mean, I did have Sturridge down in the notes. I mean, we've seen him impress in pre-season. What, what are your, do some of these people have a new lease on life at Liverpool? Because we are going to need a squad early in the season because of the World Cup. I think it, be folly to think that could do club is asking of it. I know he put up a little Instagram post saying he was he had a good game playing in a different role, but we can't. The fans themselves can't trust Sturridge to be available when needed, and then Clark can't trust him either because even last season before he went out alone, he was available for quite a few games, but he just never got played. So I think we should just cash in on Sturridge, but will someone meet the valuation that the club has? I don't know. If we could keep him and then actually use him, then that's a plus. That's that's more than a plus. That's fantastic because we know Sturge's quality. Riggy, he doesn't look like he has it. He should definitely... Um, just looking from those two preseason games that we've had so far, he just doesn't seem to fit the bill. And I guess with Solan, he still has more developing to do. He just seems really tight when he's playing in front. In front of the goal, he just, mm-hmm. he just snatches at chances. So I think if we could keep storage and then one of the young wingers with the with Shakiri coming in and hopefully another attacking midfielder, then that would be sufficient um, until January. We'll see, I guess. Yeah, I mean, you make some good points. I mean, Gavin, what are your thoughts? I mean, if we stick to storage, Origi, and maybe put Solanke in there as well. Sturridge does this to us every single summer, doesn't he? It's um, brilliant, isn't it? <laughs> I, I, I heard the analogy the other day that I thought was brilliant, which Sturridge is like your ex-girlfriend who you've forgotten about, but then she turns up at a party looking really fit. Um, it's it, it, He does it every season. He looks great. 
Um, someone told me on the, you know, on the WhatsApp group the other day that his pressing stats are actually quite impressive, which I, I found interesting because just with, just with the naked eye, it doesn't look like he can play the way Klopp wants him to play. Um, he's, he's, he's a top class striker. I love Daniel Sturridge. Um, but he hasn't been that player for a long time. Um, we've seen it in flashes in the, uh, the Europa League final, the goal he scored. He was outstanding that first half. Should have had a penalty, I think. So I don't know. I, I honestly don't know. I'd love to keep him. I think he's got one, one season left on his yeah. contract, hasn't yeah, he? he? Does, yeah. Um, so maybe you just keep him round, but the thing is, will Klopp use him? I'm not sure he will. Um, and we're certainly not going to bring anyone in in that mm. position because I think if Firmino goes down, then you, you're going to see Salah playing up there with someone playing in Salah's position. So, um, and then Brewster, obviously, fantasies. I think I'd love to keep Studge. Um, but I think I'm probably being a bit romantic. Um, if I'm honest. Um, I, but, I was doing that the other day on Tadiwa's pod. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I, I actually ventured and had a look at a, a, a compilation video of his goals for Liverpool, and it's some of the stuff he did was outstanding. Um, but I don't know. A lot of people have commented that he looks leaner, he looks sharp, and he looks fit, and and what have you in the first two preseason games. His movement's good. He dropped. They were commenting that he dropped dropping quite deep, which I found interesting because. They were saying it as if, like, we well, should be up in the box, but isn't that what Firmino does for us? He drops exactly. deep, tries to win the ball, tries exactly. to influence the play. So maybe he's trying to play like Firmino. He's been told to do that. I don't know. Um, I'd love to think that he, you know, he could have one Lasarara, really, would it be fantastic? But just going back to, um, Solanke and, and Origi, um, it's, I think it's difficult. Solanke, I, Hakim, I totally get your point. He just seems to tense up when he gets a chance at the moment. And I'm sure he's not like that when he plays for the youth teams. Um, so I guess it's, it's in his head. He has to feel comfortable playing with the, it, at that level at some stage. Um, but whether he does that with us, I don't know. I think maybe possibly for, uh, Solanke alone might be better as long as we get a good loan for him. He's, he's physically strong. So he could probably play in the championship, might do him some good. Origi, I really don't know. Um, I see so much potential in him, but. You um you're wondering where the player is that you you think is in there, and when he's ever going to turn up for you. He's done it for us in the past. Certainly when Klopp came came in first, he was fantastic for some games. He certainly got his, his share of goals. I think he scored ten goals in Klopp's first season. I might be wrong, but um not sure what you do with that kid. And then obviously you have got Brewster as well. Um I'd like to see what Brewster's got, but obviously he's going to be out till September anyway. So. Um, I don't even know how that situation's going to develop at all. What would you guys do? Would you get rid of? A, would you sell Origi to get the money in? I think I think Origi's days are numbered. I think he didn't set the world alight on his loan last year. There's rumours going around today that he's been. I think it was Besiktas or Fenerbahce that were were interested in him. I think his days are numbered. I can't see him having a future at Liverpool at all. To be honest, I think with Sturridge, I think we'd all love. To see the storage of 13, 14. I think even a storage at 70% of that is yeah. a better option than yeah. Origi or Ings or Solanke or Brewster. It's just whether you can get that from him. I forgot to mention Ings. <laughs> Ings, I think Ings, Ings. Ings is definitely going though, isn't he? He's, he's actually said he wants to he leave. He said he wants yeah. to go and get yeah. football elsewhere. 
the, the, the biggest problem with Sturridge as it's been the last two, three seasons is his availability, his reliability and Champions League final, who would you love to bring on the bench? You would oh, love to have brought Sturridge on. Definitely. But you would you would you would need the Sturridge that you could fit yeah. and fire and there's just been too many occasions recently where you haven't had that Sturridge, but what to do with him, where he would go and I don't you'd almost hate to see him at another Premier League club and have a good season because it would come back and haunt us. Yeah. But it's whether he can be trusted and relied upon by Klopp. And I just don't, as the guy said before, there was games last season before he went alone where he was fit and available and he wasn't getting a look in. He wasn't getting a sniff. So yeah. that would tell you Klopp doesn't fancy him anymore. And his days are numbered. But nil-nil, 10 minutes to go, who would I rather bring on? Brewster, Sturridge, Solanke or Origi? It's Sturridge every day yeah. of the week. Mm-hmm. Guys, can I um, can I just throw a scenario at you? If we loan Solanke and sell Origi and we keep Sturridge, and then Sturridge gets injured injured in the first preseason, uh, its first game of the season, then you're back to square one, aren't you? Um, just uh, so I, I think you have to be careful about what you do with Origi and Solanke. I really do. I'd, I'd be in favour of just keeping Solanke here. Would you, mate? And then, yeah, and then just sell Origi. To be honest. I'd probably back that up. I think I think Origi, there's no point loaning him. He's not he's not gonna make an impact big enough to come back and have games. I think Solanke's definitely worth keeping for at least another season. Give him the League Cup game, give him the FA Cup games. Hopefully he'll get a similar money or more money than we're paying for Shakiri. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting stuff. I mean for me with Solanke, just to add my, my two cents, I think Solanke is in desperate need of a loan. <laughs> um, but as as you said, Gav, it's, uh, Sturridge's reliability, it, it, it causes issues there. But I think if, well, if, we, if we'll move on to the transfers now anyway, but if we, if we get Fakir and we've got Salah, them two can seemingly fill in for Bobby. Um, in an That's right, Fakir so plays up there as well, doesn't he? Mm, occasionally. Yeah. But then there's question marks over his fitness as well, isn't there? We love an injury for our players. <laughs> with, with, with the Fakir false nine situation, mm. I don't think he can play that role on his own in terms of how Firmino plays it. He would, right. so he's, his, his time at Leon, he, whenever he did play in a, in a false nine role, he usually was with, it was usually pretty much a second striker, so he, he was behind of uh, out and out center forward behind Lacazette. So he, yes, he can fill that. But I would, I wouldn't be surprised if it was Salah up front, Fakir behind, if we do make that signing. And okay. for um, Firmino's not playing. It'd be four, more like a four That's two, three, one. That's how we played against Brighton, wasn't it? We sort of did a four-two-three-one mm. and had Firmino yeah. behind Solanke. So yeah. exactly. you could even Just go like... Shakiri on the right in Salah's position. Salah yeah. at top and then Fakir behind him and that gives Bobby a rest yeah. and then you, you float it around and switch it around that way Mark I found that that, that formation really really interesting on the day because he'd not really done it before and I wondered was that just for that day or was that something he was looking at going forward playing those sort of teams at home and would that be something you guys would be really interested in I think so as, as a case, we struggled at home didn't we in a lot of games we had a lot of draws at home Everton, West Brom, four points there straight away and numerous other draws at home. I think getting that extra attacking player on the pitch and especially now when you've got 
a potential pivot of Fabinho and Cater as you yeah. two holding. I think that's definitely an option for the the bottom twelve at home to Anfield. I think that's whether it be Shakiri on the right, Firmino behind Salah, Salah behind Firmino, any variance on that. Fakir playing, that's four or five good options for those front positions. What do you think, Guy? Do you agree? Um, yeah, I, I do like the, uh, well, 1-1 one, one up top kind of thing, whether it's a 4-4-1-1. One, one, I think we saw that a bit more with with um, Salah and Firmino during the season. But um, it definitely got the best out of Solanke, didn't it? And yeah. Um, <clears throat> if we have a bit more tactical flexibility, so to speak, um, it, it can only help the squad options, can it? I mean, it, if if we did trust Sturridge, he probably suits playing with, with Firmino directly behind him or whoever directly behind him rather than having two players to the side of him. So he, <laughs> it probably gets the best out of our backup options and our rotation options. But I think tactical flexibility is just the best thing to have. And I mean, Mark, you made a good point there. that The midfield dynamics completely changed now. Maybe, maybe before we didn't have a, a, a trusted two, whereas, I mean, Chan, Chan and Ginny played two a couple of times. Henderson and Chan played two a couple of times. But... You, you never, they never seem to be trusted there, and we've, we've not really seen it since Klopp's first half season, have we, the two in midfield consistently, so it's it's certainly interesting, maybe that he's restructured midfield, maybe it's time to go back to his Dortmund blueprint, but um, whilst we're talking about the midfield, I mean, Mark, I'll start with you, I mean, is there anything to add there? I mean, as you said, we've added Cater and Fabinho, and we're looking at Fakir, but do you think we're alright depth there? I mean, there's been rumours Ginny's been wanting to go. Yeah, I read that on Twitter. I'd be very disappointed if he left. I think we do need that one extra one, and ideally a Fakir, a Coutinho type replacement. One can play as the attacking three if we play a midfield three, and can also play in one or two or all three of the front three positions. Because then you'd look in, you'd have Fabinho and Henderson as the deep line one potentially, mm-hmm. Ginny and Cater as the box to box one potentially, and then as your front attacking midfield three, you'd have Ox when he comes back, you Fakir or another one like that, and then you've still got Milner and Alana as another two, so that's eight midfielders potentially for three positions, but with the amount of games you'd have, and again, come to back end of last season, we had three midfielders. Yeah. And now three of them had to play game after game, and they were getting tired, and, and they wouldn't have been anybody's first choice three come the start of the season, so I think eight would be enough. And then one of those eight also being able to play in the front three. Mm. Then again, think think about it. It would pretty much only be six in reality because Ox is out until January the latest. And then whoever this new option that would come in, they would have to learn. So Lana would get quite a few games there. Milner would get quite a few games. So we wouldn't have to worry about people getting upset about game time. Even though I, I, I see the... Um, Rumors about Wijnaldum. It was it would suit us until January to have those options. Yeah, spot on, definitely. I, I'd be really worried if we if we sold uh, Genie. I think he's great for a start. Um, but yeah, if we if we sold Genie, I think I'd just feel like we're light again. Um, especially what we said before about the World Cup and people coming back late. I mean, you're already Henderson's not going to play until the end of August, is he? Let's be honest. Um, so, uh, uh, it just, it just would worry me that we would be in the same situation that we were in at the end of the season where we just had three fit midfielders. Yeah. 
Um, you don't know who Lalana is at the moment. He looked great the other night. I love Lalana, but you don't actually know what's going to happen with him, how fit he is. So can you rely on him? Like you said, Ox probably out till January easily. Is he even going to come in, come back? Brilliant as soon as he's come back. From what I've heard, it's it's actually two different problems with his knee. So that doesn't sound too promising. So I would I would definitely err on the side of caution with Armory Field. I think the thing I like about Ginny as well, he played all three roles last year. Yeah, yeah, he did, yeah. In the, in the Champions League, you said City away, he had to play as the six because Henderson was suspended and he played really, really well. Yeah, he night. did. And then against Roma at home when Ox got injured, he came on and played as the attacking midfielder of the three. And that was arguably his best game of the season. So to have a player that can, could, that can fill in in all three and look comfortable in all three, I think it's it'd be madness to let him go. Sorry, Hakeem, what was that? I didn't hear that, mate. Okay, the Arsenal game was his best game at the start of the season when he was running Ramsey ragged. Yeah. <laughs> no, he, he was great. But that's um, against Arsenal, that doesn't count. Can I play, can I play devil's <laughs> I advocate no, again, guys? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, <clears throat> given Milner's age and Genie's age, and let's say one of them had to go, which one would you get rid of? Milner. I'd get rid of Milner. Given Ginny's flexibility and that he could play, you'd be comfortable putting him in any but of the positions. There seems no debate about Milner going, does there? I, don't get me wrong, I love James Milner. He was brilliant the last six months of the season. None of us would have sat here last summer and said, James Milner will be great in our midfield. In fact, it was mooted by Klopp. Oh, we've signed another midfielder, it's James Milner. And everyone was up in arms on Twitter as usual. But what a performance he, he was he was bringing week after week at the end of that season. So... um I'm I'm not sure. I, I really don't want to lose Genie, um, but if they're talking about it's a wage thing or whatever, um, I think you'd have to look at Milner, wouldn't he, because of his his age and how much money he's on. He's on a lot of money as well, isn't well, he? Well, La- Lalana's on 120 ish. Yeah. So, so just to pay more devil's advocate, if you throw Lalana into that mix, so Lalana, Milner, or Ginny, who would you most like to get rid of? Lalana straight in the bin. <laughs> I still wouldn't get rid of Lalana because then he would be the only one that could play that attacking. Well, that's most comfortable in that attacking three in terms of the midfield compared to Genie and Milner. Ah, I'll just put Kate there and he can do mad stuff. <laughs> yeah, we, had, yeah, we had a bit of banter on WhatsApp about Lalana the other day, didn't we? Yeah, I'm not a fan. Uh, I, I got that. <laughs> just a bit, just a bit. I'm not, not his biggest fan. I'm sure many of the listeners are thinking, nah, not you. <laughs> but, uh, guess but Hakeem, what were you saying there, Guess who's his biggest fan? Klopp. Jürgen Klopp. Yeah, of course he is. Klopp, so <laughs> he's, going, he's going nowhere. Same with Klopp would, would, would keep Milner. Yeah, yeah no, I'm not, I'm no, not right, expecting no, either. Of them, I was just... I wasn't saying get rid of Milner. I was just no, no, saying. No, no, no. I, I know you think asking. about this as a scenario. Yeah. yeah. Cool. But, well, we've we've covered the midfield there. I mean, we all we were all wanting an extra attacking addition and probably limiting the uh, outgoings. If not, we'd probably have to replace them unless we well see Woodburn as a uh, as a centre mid. I mean, Akeem, we we talked about um, Woodburn in the preseason, haven't we? I mean, what could you think Woodburn maybe? Wait, well, look, he's look. Deeper midfield, but do you think he could step in for, say, a Lilana? A Lilana? Well, ideally, that's what I think he's going to be. Because at first, everyone was saying, oh, we have our Katina replacement in three, four years. Woodburn would take that position. But 
over the past season, it seems like he's been developed to play the midfield role much more. And mm-hmm. I wouldn't take too much stock into the fact that he's playing deeper in the midfield in the preseason games because I guess yeah. that's just a part of his training to to get better at the build-up play, which he's strong. Um, during the Chester game, he wasn't quite effective with, with, with playing the ball from out of the back. But then we saw in the Tranmere game when he had someone who was more comfortable with with Milner beside him, he was just playing some amazing diagonals. He was he was linking up with other people. So I think it, that he's just training now to be a central midfielder. But I, I see him coming in as the Lalana replacement somewhat in 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 the future. Yeah, yeah, certainly interesting. I thought I thought I'd just get that in because we did talk about it on WhatsApp, didn't we? Um, but we'll we'll move on from the midfield and we'll we'll go to the centre back situation. I think we'll we'll finish up on that because um, we're nearing the hour mark. Um, but Mark, coming to you, I mean, we've seen. It depends which side of the bias you're on. We've seen, from my bias, a lot of nonsense from Deshaun Lofren, uh after the <laughs> World Cup um, semi-final final win, calling himself the best centre back in the world, but. Let's be honest, in reality, he's not. Um, he said one of the best centre-backs in the world. Come on, guy. I don't care. Stop using it to support your agenda. He also said he took us to a Champions League final. He didn't mean it like that. He couldn't do it as well. Yeah, it is. It's probably his third language or something like that, so I'm not going to get into that. But, Mark, I mean, what's your thoughts on the defence? Not just centre-backs, the entire defence. Is there... Is there additions to be made there ideally, or do you think it's kind of took a back seat for other stuff at the minute? I think ideally there's additions to be made, and I would like a better partner for Virgil going into the season. In terms of the priorities now, I think it's lower down the list. I think, as we mentioned before, having Fabino and Cater in the midfield, there'll be more stability in front of the defence. I think Virgil having a full pre-season and being there longer would be better, a solid set of full-backs either side. So the need has lessened for me, but there is still the need there. And again, don't forget Matip's coming back. And until his injury, he was the preferred partner for Virgil. Lovren only got in and got his run because Matip got injured. I think if we are bringing one in, one would need to go, because then you've got Lovren, Matip, Clavin, and even if you see Gomez as a centre-back, so one would probably need to go, but in terms of priorities, a goalkeeper, a midfielder, backup attacker, a higher up the list for me. Interesting. What are your thoughts, Aki? I agree with that completely. I just think it would be too much change in one window, considering that Klopp doesn't need to do that now. He could he could plan for it for next season, or he can probably maybe he's looking at Gomez as the ideal partner for Virgil in the future. So buying another centre-back now would block him. And I've seen a lot of people say, oh, we buy another centre-back and send Gomez on loan. I don't think that helps him too much. I think he needs to learn how to play as a centre-back within Klopp's system. And frankly, I think that's what he was going to do last season. But with Klein's injury, he was forced to play right back much more than than he would have. Interesting, interesting. I mean, Gavin, your thoughts on the defence? I think you make a great point there about... um about Gomez playing in our system and not going out on loan. Um, I can't see us signing a centre-back. Uh, I, um, uh, I I probably should put a tin hat on here, but I quite like Dejan Lovren. Um, I know he's got the odd mistake in him. I know, <laughs> I know, guy. 
he's got the odd mistake in him, but there's been times when he's looked world class and he's had top players in his arse pocket. So um, I, I'm I'm okay with that. Um, I'd like to get everyone's opinion on Matip because uh, there's some negativity around Matip um, with regards to his performances. He's a bit injury prone as well. Um, there's a good player in there, I think. Um, but he, what does everyone think? Does everyone think he's up to it? Or do you think that if you're going to sell someone, it would be Matip that you'd sell and bring someone else in? Do you want to start with that, Mark? I'd rather play Matip than Lovren, to be honest. And again, going back to what we said earlier with the World Cup and the start of the season, Lovren isn't going to start the season because he's in yeah. the final with Croatia. He's going yeah. to get back late. So that, to me, Matip gets the chance at the start of the season and all being well, he plays well and he keeps the position his own. We'd all be happy if he did because it means he's playing well, which means Liverpool are playing well, which means Dan Lovren is a third choice centre-back. Isn't the end of the world. Yeah. You know, no, I, I, I fully agree with that. What are your thoughts, Hakeem? Um, I don't really have a preference between either Matip or Lovren being the partner for Van Dijk. I know this this phrase has been thrown out there and it's a bit cliche, blah, blah, blah. But it's horses for courses. Because I don't know if you guys remember the first West Brom game. Or was it the first Swansea game right before, right during the Christmas where Matip and Van Dyke mm. were, were, were the centre-back pairing. And then Matip was pretty much playing as a number six. So with Matip, you have the option of pushing the team really high now when, 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 the, when the opposition is sitting deep. And now you have everyone on the pitch is comfortable playing the ball on the ground. With Lovren, you can use him against, you know, teams that are like a Burnley. They're going to throw long balls. He'll fight for the headers, stuff like that. So I think we need a, when we appraise the, the center backs, we have to look at the fact that we need a variety that can deal with the different opposition that we're going to face. So I'm comfortable with both of them, actually. I like that, Hakeem. Do you think that's the way Klopp will go? That's what he was doing last season yeah. until, until injury. got injured. So, and then we like we have a really reliable backup in Klavan. He was our best center back for the first half of last. When you really look back at it, he was he was very composed on the ball. He made his fouls when he needed to. He didn't make many mistakes. But everyone is like, oh, he dummies the ball, so he thinks he's the next Sergio Ramos or whatever. But he is. We... <laughs> and course, he scored but... that brilliant goal away at Burnley. Oh God! If that's not your goal, well, of the season, if that's not your goal of the season, you're a wrong one. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think we have very good options for the for the centre of defence, and I think it's just knee jerk to say, oh, we need to get another centre back. Would I think our fans just like us spending money? Who doesn't? We all love transfers, but I don't think we get a centre back at all. I'm, I'm very knee-jerk and I want to send up. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, uh, realistically, I think center back is, is, um, kind of down, down on the uh, priority list, unfortunately for me. But, um, it, it, it depends on Matip's fitness record. I mean, Lovren's fitness record isn't great, but I think Matip's is more in the spotlight at the minute because Lovren's on like his longest run in ever, forever, in terms of injury-wise, and Joe Gomez needs to find fitness as well. Or, consistent fitness so it's just I think from an injury point of view that's probably the main worry with centre back I think we, we've we shown we can get top four with these but getting the title with these uh, 
bit of a question mark, but that's for another pod. But um, I think we're bang on an hour now. I mean, how about I let you post your uh, Twitter on, on here? So, Mark, what's your Twitter? At Harry Welshy. Harry Welshy. What was that? At Harry what? Harry Welshy. <laughs> <laughs> don't, uh, don't ask why just don't ask why uh, Hakeem what's your Twitter uh, mine's uh, at an Keem... old nickname yeah I guess mine's at Keem Dreamstar I know it's pretty long and pointless cool. but that's what it is do. Gavin what's yours mine's at Gavin Jones Live cracking Right, so that's been AI Extra introducing these new lads. I mean, hopefully you've enjoyed them. Oh, don't get sad. <laughs> uh, just kidding. Just kidding. Uh, Gags is not that cool. Uh, but no, I hope you've enjoyed all the new lads. I mean, I've been the old guard on this one. Uh, but thanks for listening, everybody, and thanks for joining me, you three. Goodbye. Podcast Network.